For more than 100 years, military, government, and business leaders have turned to Booz Allen Hamilton to solve their most complex problems. In 2019, London had an opportunity to partner with the company to receive consultation on its services. From London office, we are Gesser and Nomin. Welcome to London Podcast. Hello, everyone. Uh, we are back again for our season three episode. And today we are inviting Danielle Sue from Booz Allen. And I would like Danielle uh, to introduce yourself. Thanks, Nomi. My name is Daniel, and um, I've been working for Booz Allen for the past four years as a management consultant. My particular specialty is in data analytics. Um, and what I mean by data analytics is that we provide end-to-end data solutions to help extract insights from any data you have. And this encompasses data visualization, data science, data engineering, just hold the end-to-end process. And with that technical skill, um, me and a couple of my peers, we created a pro bono consulting group inside Booz Allen called Consulting for Social Good, where Mm -hmm. we serve our nonprofit and social good community with whatever technical skills we could provide. And this could include data, this could include um, design thinking, change management, anything like that. So that's a little bit about my background and what I do at Booz Allen. That's great. So how did you get the job at Booz Allen? Like, may I ask, what's your background? Like, wh- what was your major in school? Yeah, sure. Um, so I attended University of California, San Diego. And when I first entered UCSD, I actually came in as a pre-med. I found out very quickly that that was not the career path I wanted to go down. And I was feeling a little lost, so I changed majors to economics, and which I thought was a much better fit. Um, and I was, after changing my major, I was looking into some of the career paths available, and I saw that consulting was particularly appealing to me because mm-hmm. it wasn't just, you know, you're doing um, analysis or you're just doing reports, but you're really helping other people meet their business objectives. And I really liked that human aspect of it. And so in college, I was much more involved in um, social good initiatives. I I was part of International Justice Mission, which is Mm -hmm. a global anti-slavery organization that opened my eyes to anti-human trafficking and issues like that. And after graduation, I wanted to really spend a lot of time building up my own core business skills and technical skills and consulting just seemed at the end of the day, the best fit for me. I saw that Booz Allen had their West Coast headquarters in San Diego. And I happened to um, know a couple of alumni who joined Booz Allen from UCSD. So I just asked a bunch of them for informational interviews, uh, basically networked my way in just to- I took out five people out for coffee and bought them all coffee, asked them questions. And the more I learned about Booz Island, the more appealing um, the firm was to me. And eventually um, I got an invitation to interview and they were uh, gracious enough to take me as part of their organization. That sounds great. Like, I really like how you define that Booz Island 
Hamilton's like consulting work, day-to-day -day work is really helping other organizations to achieve their mission, right? So right. of course, Booz Allen is one of the big four consulting firm in global. And I really liked how Booz Allen has this like global corporate social responsibility, like community giving um, program. Is it called Booz Allen Cares? Is it something That's that you correct. and your organ like your friends were able to like take advantage of? So if you, I want to know how that Booz Allen Care um, works within mm -hmm. this organization, like how do they encourage the staff at the Booz Allen to be involved in nonprofit? Do they have certain hours that you can actually work on and still get paid? Or like, mm -hmm. how do they push this nonprofit like social impact work within the business field? Great question. And I would like to say, you know, one thing I really respect about the firm I'm working for is that Booz Allen has always been at the forefront of social innovation and giving back to the community. Um, we've always had a strong emphasis on diversity and inclusion. And, you know, part of this year's, um, even like not even this year, for a while now, if I recall correctly, just making sure each office is integrated with the community, has a bigger presence, and doesn't just operate in the region, but truly is engaged and helps the people and the community around them. Um, and this has been going on for a while, even before um, a lot of the more recent movements for social justice. Uh, Buzan was always part of that. And so it's not surprising to me that Buzan really puts, um, you know, they put actions they put their words into action. And a couple of the things they do to incentivize employees to be more involved is that, as you mentioned, there's Booz Allen Cares platform. And they created this a couple of years ago because they want to really empower their staff to um, have flexibility and room to give back to the community in ways that made them seem um, that's as convenient and relevant as possible. And a couple of examples of how employees took advantage of this was that, um, you know, every year there's like pride parades that uh, staff members around the firm would participate in. They would organize through Booz Allen Cares to um, go on parades together, or they would, you know, organize volunteer cleanup activities, you know, go out on a weekend to clean up the park, pick up trash, or serve at a food kitchen and things like that. Um, so Booz Allen didn't want to constrain any of the employees or what they could do. Um, but really empowering them with this platform to really self-organize, identify, and get involved in a community in ways that made sense to them. Um, but aside from the platform, they also provided financial benefits. Um, and one of them is that, you know, they provide these grants. So if Booz Allen employees are part of a board of a nonprofit or worked extensively with a nonprofit, um, Buzan would actually provide them a grant for anywhere from $250 to $1,000 to an organization, no strings attached, um, because Buzan cares about what the staff cares about, and they um, are able to put money where their mouths are. And that's something I truly respect. And I think so far, Buzan, um, they donated like millions to health organizations, nonprofits, humanitarian organizations, and so on. Mm -hmm. um, two more other things I want to mention is that so there was a pilot program for something called e-time or empowerment time mm -hmm. where 
Usa would actually pay their employees um, like just a full day's worth of work um, just to go and help out a nonprofit or do community service work. So employees would get like a full day just to do whatever they wanted. Um, just contributing back to community. And yeah, like we got paid for doing things like that. And lastly, Booz Allen also created something called the Booz Allen Foundation, which is um, a grant making service and a philanthropic platform. Um, mm -hmm. And I think that was launched a couple of years back too. So overall, Booz Allen has been doing a lot to give back to community. Um, they value it a lot and really encourage their employees to be involved and to serve. So if, if I recall it correctly, for other non small nonprofit organizations, if they want to know more about the Booz Allen's uh, social impact program, they can actually visit boozallencares.com. Is that a correct website that people can get accurate and more detailed information about what the Booz Allen does? Yes, I believe so. If you go to our Booz Allen site, mm -hmm. or you could just go to Booz Allen or just look it up on Google, Booz Allen mm -hmm. Cares, um, mm -hmm. you'll see a dedicated webpage to show kind of like the details of who we support, how we support, things mm -hmm. like that, who to reach out if you want to get into contact or need more information. And I'll also provide my information here later if anyone wants to talk directly to me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, it sounds amazing because for example, how I ended up uh, meeting you at that like a workshop in DC was purely random. And also, I didn't even know that like big organizations like Booz Allen will be willing to provide pro bono service to small nonprofits like us. So it was such a amazing <laughs> like, <laughs> opportunity for me. Like I'm like, really you guys provide pro bono service for us well i guess we were um official nonprofits with the irs mm -hmm. 501c3 right. code right which that's, very that's required that. yeah yes so like since we had that it probably made it easier but i really liked how you were and your colleagues were so easy to approach and it kind of now makes sense because you worked for international justice mission so you were more involved in like anti-human trafficking uh, field already. So like when you heard about our organization Plan Fundaho and what we are trying to do in Mongolia, we were really receptive. Like I could tell that like I pitched that kind of information to other people, but it takes longer and it takes mm -hmm. more energy to persuade somebody, but <laughs> you were easy to persuade. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, this organization has been doing amazing work um, meeting you in person, hearing what you're doing. Um, it was just seemed like the perfect opportunity. And as a matter of fact, that um, there's a lot of colleagues I know inside the firm who have these kind of passions and interests, but just don't know who to help. Mm -hmm. So you coming to us was actually doing us a favor because mm -hmm. there's been a lot of people who's interested in doing social impact work, and, but they just don't have the partner to do it with. So, you know, thank you for... <laughs> having us be part of your mission. It's really our honor. That's great because with your help, like when you put us in contact with the other, your colleagues, we were able to get information on how we can attract more non-Mongolian US-based donors. And they were able to give us more, um, more detailed information on how to, uh, 
uh, strategize our communication when we're approaching individual donors or when we're approaching corporations or foundations. So that information was useful. And so again, thank you so much. And aside from that, I also wanted to talk about the data visualization for social good workshop. I believe it was like, mm -hmm. When was it? It's like it was somewhere I think it was in March. March of last year. <laughs> March, March of 2019. But it's I don't know because of COVID. I feel like it's been like three years ago. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> so yeah, I and do you remember like because that information? I don't have any background on data visualization or data analysis, but mm -hmm. that workshop was quite informative and it. I really wish that different nonprofit organizations would be able to receive that training. Are you guys still providing that training, the data visualization for social good, or is it kind of like on hold because of the COVID, the whole situation? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so right now we can't do any in-person training or things like that. Um, I'm personally more than happy to volunteer my time to do like virtual trainings for anyone who's interested. I personally think data visualization is a good first step entry into just even um, data analytics. And I've seen the power of how data could transform organizations, whether it's for-profit, nonprofit, or government. I operated in all three. I just saw the transformative nature of data visualization and how really with a little training, with a little effort, anyone could really pick it up. Um, and you know, I think the product or the outcome of just a little bit of investment into data um, is just so much more than how much it would cost or the effort that comes in. It could really be transformational just to find these strategic insights that would be really difficult to find elsewhere. Um, so although I, I don't think we'll be hosting any in-person workshops, I'm, me and a couple of colleagues are more than happy um, to do virtual trainings. Um, I have a question. It was uh, not long since I joined the organization when we had this, you know, in-person training with uh, Booz Allen mm -hmm. team. And I was wondering if, uh, uh, considering that Lantondojo being the, you know, officially registered nonprofit in the U.S., the main operations are in Mongolia, right? So mm -hmm. how often do you deal with uh, organizations that operate, you know, internationally? Yeah, um, Booz Allen does have offices globally. We do have a couple Asian offices in Asia, um, Middle East, and pretty much every continent, I think, um, major continent or area. Um, so we do have our global practice. We do have our commercial practice. So yeah, we have offices everywhere. I just happen to be in San Diego. Nice. Yeah, uh, let me see if we, what's the closest office to, yeah, but it's a, uh, Booz Allen has been around for over a hundred years, so they've definitely had time to expand and create offices globally. So we do have a couple offices in South Korea, Indonesia, and I want to say Singapore, in Japan. Yeah. That's great because I, I know Booz Allen it has like global print all over the world. So it doesn't really matter if they have like offices in Mongolia. I feel like the reach of the work that Booz Allen does, it's just like all around the world. It can reach every corner of the world. And to be honest, realistically, 
like this 2020 forced us to be like virtually yeah. able to do our work. So I guess <laughs> we would be able to like really collaborate from all parts of the world if we really want to achieve certain mission together. So that's, that's right. a great example. And even our project together, um, even though we were separated by like what, 14 hour time zone difference, mm-hmm. um, we still made it work. So I think as long as there is that passion and there's that dedication, I don't and think geographic location is a big issue anymore. Yeah. I'll love I'd to love- meet in person. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. I, I would love to meet in person, but I guess as long as we have that um, secure internet connection, right? Right. <laughs> <laughs> Anything is possible. Yeah. I, I know that during that workshop, you actually showed us how to use Tableau. Mm-hmm. And that was my very first time I heard about that Tableau data analysis tool. Can you mm-hmm. give us what is Tableau and how small nonprofit organizations like us can use it to effectively communicate with our donors and constitutes and how we can improve our communication drastically? Great question. I love talking about data visualization. This is what I'm so passionate about. Um, so Tableau is a data visualization software. There's actually plenty on the market. Um, Tableau is one of the leaders for sure and the one we use most extensively at Booz Allen. Um, and basically data visualization, what it basically is is that, you know, many people are familiar with like the Excel spreadsheet. And, you know, if you have maybe like 10 to 100 rows, uh, it's pretty easy to navigate, see, uh, which lines have which numbers and so on. But once you start scaling that, once you start having hundreds of rows, thousands of rows, it's really hard to see in a sp- spreadsheet what the trends are and so on. Um, in Excel, you could do like bar charts, you could do line charts, graphs, and things like that. But there's very serious limitations about how much insight you could get out of um, your data and how easy it is to tell that story. So what data visualization software does is that it transforms your data into um, beautiful and informative dashboards that you could start. Um, not only do you see a certain bar chart or a line chart, but you see how the data relates to each other. If you see an outlier in your data, you could figure out what is causing that particular outlier. So not only do you get to explore the data, you get to really um, analyze and ask um, really good questions about what's happening at your organization. Um, and I think that's the most powerful feature of data visualization is that you could find insights, you could find concerns or issues that you weren't aware of before. And those kind of insights could dramatically change what your approach and strategy is. For example, if you find that from a donor's perspective, um, you have a spreadsheet with a couple hundred rows of donors that's across years of time. If I asked you, hey, which like demographic in this you know, time period, um, donate the most in the range of this amount of money, like let's say $50 and under. Um, it'll take some time to do that analysis, but with data visualization, not only could you find that immediately, um, but you could also see any additional insights from that. So for example, it's like you figure out, oh, actually we found out in 2018 for people who donate under $50 is this particular segment, but by, digging deeper, we found that it's from these particular regions. So we should focus our marketing dollars are even more. 
So these are the kind of things that data visualization produces, um, actionable steps based on the insights that you find. And Tableau is, is just, in my opinion, one of the easiest ones to use. Um, it's definitely affordable. Um, Tableau has, it recently got acquired by Salesforce, but I think they still have Tableau Foundation, which provides complementary licenses to nonprofits. Um, one of our clients um, that Buzan worked or consulting for social good to work with, uh, we were able to secure them a free license from Tableau. Um, and so if, you, if people are interested in data visualization, they could look into Tableau Foundation. Um, I think they do have special nonprofit pricing as well. Um, but there are plenty of other free alternatives out there too. Um, Google launched a product called Data Studio, and it's completely free if you have uh, any Google Drive suite, you know, um, documents like, yeah, like Google Sheets or so on. It can integrate very cleanly with those too. So if you're a big Google fan, um, I would recommend checking out Data Studio. If your organization has subscription to Microsoft 365, um, they have something called Power BI, which is Microsoft's version of data visualization that should be included um, in your Office 365 subscription. So there's plenty of opportunities and plenty of um, software out there that's from very affordable to very expensive, but nonprofits typically enjoy special pricing. That's great because while you were giving us that uh, insight, I went into Tableau's website and Tableau Foundation does still exist even though it was acquired by Salesforce in 2019. And it says that 501c3 organizations can receive free license. So yeah, I, I think that's probably what I'm gonna end up doing after our <laughs> conversation today. Yes. <laughs> If there's anything you get out of this podcast is go get your free license. Yes, that would be yeah. great. Yeah. And so our previous guest, it was the National Geographic Society. We mm -hmm. invited them because we were able to collaborate and organize PhotoCamp program in Ulaanbaatar, Mongolia, which the PhotoCamp is an, a program that teaches underprivileged youth have to take a picture and then express their life through photography and tell mm -hmm. storytelling. So it's for me personally, it feels really interesting, like how there's a word that says the picture can express thousand words. Right. But in my opinion, data visualization can express billions of words. Because right. like for <laughs> example, Tableau, it could be interactive, right? Like mm -hmm. and you can put all those this data into it and then you can have this one master sheet but you would be able to like just narrow in and cut and slice the information and then right. just really dig in and see what is the cause of that abnormal um, drop in the donation amount or something it's just kind of like I don't I I don't have that data <laughs> Account, <laughs> okay. But I feel like whenever uh, I see Tableau or any of this data visualization platforms, I'm just amazed by how much information could be stored in it and how easily someone can access it because it's pretty user intuitive. Like you would be just able to like 
click in and drag in, drag out, and then slice that information from mm -hmm. the master sheet. So how, how long does it take a normal person to start using Tableau or any of this data visualization platforms? Like let's say today right. I want to commit certain hours and I wanna be able to tell Santon the story more effectively to our donors. Right. So what do you think in your expertise opinion? How many hours should I spend this <laughs> week? Um, so Tableau has free training videos. Mm -hmm. I would say if you just spend like two hours, you could start building things right off the ground. Mm -hmm. And this is why I really appreciate this new wave of data analytical tools. It makes it super easy for everyday people to do analysis and um, just creating products that would have taken computer science majors like 10 years ago to do. Mm -hmm. um, everything's right at your fingertips, very user friendly. And this is why they've been just skyrocketing in popularity because um, it really empowers you to take control of your data. Uh, I want to share two stories. One, when I first hired to the firm four years ago, mm -hmm. this was when Tableau was still like, this, they advanced a lot since 2016. But when I first joined, one of the first assignments I got from mm -hmm. one of the senior managers was like, hey, Daniel, welcome to the firm. We want you to learn Tableau in two weeks and get certified. Mm -hmm. And I was like, what's Tableau? Right? <laughs> but they want me to get the Tableau certification, mm -hmm. um, which takes some time to get. Normally, it takes like a couple of months of use um, mm -hmm. to acquire it. But within two weeks, after just some dedicated time, I think total I spent maybe like 40 hours um, just mm -hmm. doing training, just like playing around with it. And I was able to pass the certification. And after that, I was able to start creating things right off the bat. So I would say an average person would probably take a month. Mm -hmm. I'm just doing like an hour here, two hours there. Um, but you could start building within like two hours. Um, it's really easy to pick up, um, really hard to master because there's just so many things you could do with it. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, it, I would say it's, the learning curve is not too hard at all. Yeah, they, they, the product has evolved where it's even easier to use now. And there is a very strong and vibrant online community. So if any, you run into any issues or you have any questions, someone has already figured it out. Mm -hmm. So I think that's also a really good resource to keep in mind. The online community has tons of, um, you know, free advice. They publish their dashboards so you could see and be inspired what other people are doing. Um, Tableau conference is a good thing to keep in mind because they have tracks of okay like all the nonprofit people here's an opportunity for everyone to mingle get to know each other share ideas so there's a very extensive community out there so picking up tableau and growing in data visualization um, mm -hmm. there's really no reason why anyone couldn't do it and plus there's free versions of tableau i forgot to mention that so there's tableau public mm -hmm. which is completely free um, so Literally anyone right now could go to Tableau, make an account, watch a training video and build their first chart in literally like an hour or two. Yeah. Well, maybe I, we should, should, should say that we, we did not get paid to advertise Tableau for sure. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I'm just saying using Tableau, but this goes for any data visualization software, yeah. Power BI, Click, whatever, everyone else. <laughs>
But we do yeah, enjoy that. special partnership. Buzan does enjoy mm -hmm. partnership with Tableau, so I don't mind. Yeah, well, even like at my work, Tableau is the, the main platform for the data visualization. So it's just seems like it's everywhere. So we're not like intentionally advertising it. We just <laughs> want to say that the data visualization is such a uh, strong tool that can really communicate information way better than just those like Excel sheets. Like I, I, I'm like, whenever I look at long Excel sheets, I feel dizzy right off the beat. <laughs> I feel like I want to sleep. So, but like when you see this data visualization, it's like, it's colorful, it's interactive and it kind of like engages you. So. I do want to pick up on a point you made about storytelling. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I think that's ultimately the point of data visualization. Um, it's an intersection of data design um, and storytelling, mm -hmm. or data and design to create a story that will help make optimized decisions. Um, okay. And I think storytelling is just so important, right? Because statistics are good. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I think couple of things that actually got me into anti-human trafficking. It's just like the craziest statistics out there about human trafficking. Mm -hmm. However, if you want to compel and motivate people into action, you have to leave them with a memorable story. And I think mm -hmm. you could, data visualization helps that using your data. Um, and I think that's what truly resonates with your donors, the people you help, your community, because not only are you sharing a story about what you do, but you're also sharing the story about your impact. You're sharing, we committed this much money to rescue these many people or build these many shelters. Um, and here's the growth we had along the way. And here's what we learned that works. Here's what resonates with the most people. And I think the most beautiful thing is everyone already has those stories, but mm -hmm. data visualization just brings them to life, makes them accessible and puts that at the forefront. So you have a very clear direction um, of what your organization has done and where it's going. And you know you have a very clear decision-making process as well. Like based on the story, it makes sense to do this, this, and that. So I think you know, data visualization is an organization's way to really um, show and display the progress and the impact they've made. And I think every organization should look into it just because it resonates so deeply with your audience. That's great. I was wondering, like, does, is data visualization, in my opinion, it's a growing field. So maybe if there's um, young students out there, is there like a major that they can like study to like be like really the masters become the mm -hmm. masters to become a master's in data visualization yeah. and would that help them to get it land to land a job at the booz allen or maybe any other organization because i feel like it's right. a field that mm -hmm. everybody needs right um that's a great question i would say being a good data visualization expert there's two mm -hmm. keys um, two things to be a good one. One is not only do you have the technical skills to do, to understand how data works, um, and you know, some decent quantitative skills to do basic math and formulas and things like that. 
but more importantly, I think you also need to have a very strategic and analytical mind mm -hmm. because the difference between, let's say you building a dashboard and just like a pretty graphic design is really mm -hmm. think, take into consideration of who your audience is, who your clients are, and really having that business requirement mind frame to uh, really make focused data visuals that addresses mm -hmm. the client concerns. It's a very consultative process. Mm -hmm. um, it's not just, you know, what could be the prettiest thing I can make or what's the most amazing colorful dashboard I can make, but it's really at the end of the day, um, what stories, what analysis, uh, what key points will resonate the most to the people I need to um, make an impact on. And I think the most successful data visualization analysts I've seen are able to merge both. They understand the client needs, they understand how to ask the right questions, mm -hmm. they understand which requirements or which objectives are the most important, and then they go build that using their technical skills. Um, and so keeping in mind the strategy, the mission first is also the most important thing. So if I would say, if you want to be a good data visualization expert, I don't think major truly matters. Um, mm -hmm. Anything quantitative definitely helps. If you have a little bit of statistics background, that definitely helps. If you know data science, that helps. Computer science, yeah. any of the STEM programs would be helpful. But really even um, the humanities as well just learning to see from another person's perspective or learning or practicing critical thinking, being able to understand the context and connecting the dots, that's really useful too. Um, but I would say more importantly, just really honing the consulting skills of asking the right questions, listening, um, prioritizing what needs to be done. I think that is a very foundation and data visualization just brings that to life. Mm -hmm. So how do you build that foundation? Is it something that is innate or is it something that you can develop? Yes, you could definitely evolve that. And I don't think school, like academic classwork really helps. Um, mm -hmm. I would say I learned everything on the job practically or through mm -hmm. my own volunteer experience. So I would say there's only so much you can learn in the classroom. Um, but I would really encourage students to go volunteer, um, go to real world businesses or nonprofits and see the real world issues they're working with. Like in the classroom mm -hmm. setting, everything's idealized, everything's controlled, it's safe. But out there, mm -hmm. it's, you know, I'm pretty sure you know this as well. Um, there's a lot of disorganization, nothing ever goes according to plan. And there's a lot of uncertainty. And I think mm -hmm. students need to. Uh, become familiar working in that kind of environment when there's chaos when there's uncertainty how do you bring order how do you bring structure and you can't do that in the classroom you have to go volunteer you have to go do internships and really build um, that those key skills and it could be something as simple as starting your own student organization starting your own nonprofit, um, but just really getting out the classroom and taking action um, to really build to get engaged and not just learning about it, but actually doing it. Actually getting your hand dirty. And yes. I love your answer. It's great. Like, because Atlanta has, we, we are probably one of the 
the pioneer organizations in Mongolia who has massive amount of volunteers. And those volunteers are really young kids, mostly like in the freshman or sophomore years. So the advice that you just provided is so valuable. And I really, really want everybody who's listening this podcast would be just to go out there and experience what's the real life like, not just sitting at home and studying books and expecting everything could be summed up into textbook. Yeah. I mean, GPA does matter. I, I, <laughs> <Yes>. do, <laughs> I do want to encourage, you know, all the students out there, um, even though you're young, that doesn't preclude you from making in, meaningful impact in your communities. As a matter of fact, some of the most impactful things I've seen in my own community and in my own circles are young people who are motivated, who organize and collectively do something. And mm -hmm. so I do want to say everyone is empowered. Everyone has the tools. They're all available online. If you want to start something, if you want to get involved, um, it's never too early or never too late. So I highly encourage um, to the listeners that, yeah, if you have the opportunity to volunteer with Anton Doyo, like, please do so. That's probably the best education you could get. Okay. Well, that's great. Uh, if, if our listeners wants to get in touch with you to get more information, how would they be able to reach you? Right. So email is probably the best way. Um, okay. You could email me at suh underscore d-a-n-i-e-l at b-a-h.com so it's my last name underscore first name at b-a-h.com great well thank you so much it was an amazing to talk with you and you provided us with such a valuable information and definitely i'm gonna go and apply for that tableau free license <laughs> <laughs> yes get all the licenses well thank you so much for hosting me it was Thank great you. talking to all of you. Thank you for your time. Of course. Take care. On this episode, we had a pleasure speaking with Daniel Su from Buzel and Hamilton. From Lantan Dohyo office, we were Gesser and Nomi. Thank you. And have a great day.